Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor of Foresight Health. It is Friday, May 7th. And today's episode of the Roundup, we're going to talk about the healthcare workforce in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've read the stories, we've seen the pictures. Now, what do we do? So today we're gonna talk about some of the latest research on the toll of the pandemic on doctors and nurses and what we need to do to repair the damage and move forward. To discuss this important topic are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Julie Merchantson, partner at Transformation Capital. Hi, Dave. Hi, Julie. How are you guys doing this morning, Dave? In a word, TGIF, or is that four words? Sunday is my wife Terry's birthday and Mother's Day. Both terrific reasons for celebration. Can't wait. Excellent. Julie, how about you? I am good. I think I'm a little stunned still by what's going on around the rest of the world. And I feel like we are doing really well. So it's just a new feeling I'm trying to embrace. Tough balancing act mentally, that's for sure. Thank you. Now, before we talk about the state of the healthcare workforce, I'm curious if either of you know any frontline healthcare workers who care for COVID patients. And if so, uh, what do you hear from them? Dave, any firsthand accounts from the front lines? I've had several conversations with health system leaders about resilience of their frontline caregivers. I guess resilience has become the term of art to describe burnout and other mental health challenges. To the individual, they're very worried and recognize this and is, this is an issue that will be with us for some time. Got it. Thanks, Dave. Julie, how about you? Any firsthand accounts from anyone you know? I have a friend who's a doctor who was one of those doctors who went to New York early on to provide some relief and some extra assistance. And I just remember the stories that he came back with and just the the utter warfare. It sounded like they were going through. It's really stunning. Yeah, pretty, pretty scary stuff. As for me, uh, daughters of two sets of neighbors of ours are nurses on the COVID floors at their respective hospitals. Uh, I hear secondhand from their scared parents that everything's been okay in terms of PPE and their own safety, but uh, that's about it at the moment. We'll, we'll see what happens when the dust settles. I hope it all works out. Okay, let's talk about the toll the pandemic is having on the healthcare workforce. Dave, the Kaiser Family Foundation and the Washington Post recently released the results of a survey they did of frontline healthcare workers. What are some of the top line results and uh, what are your takeaways? It's a nationally representative sample of 1,327 frontline healthcare workers from hospitals, nursing homes, doctor's offices, outpatient centers, and home care. So the whole gamut, 71% of the survey respondents were women, more Democrats than Republicans, 48 to 35%, roughly equal percentages of young, middle-aged and older workers, 55% with an associate degree or less, 45% with a bachelor's degree or more, more suburban than urban or rural workers, significant representation from low, middle and high income families, 80% have direct interaction with patients, 20% are administrators. I went through all of that just to 
give the audience a sense that this truly is a representative survey. It also contains an in their own words section, which captures the emotions behind the numbers. I'd encourage anyone who's interested to read that. In terms of top line results, Dave, large majorities feel hopeful, optimistic, and motivated about going to work. That's a good thing. At the same time, 55% feel burned out, 49% feel anxious, and 21% are angry. Those are important numbers that we shouldn't ignore. Younger workers are more likely to have negative feelings about going to work. Those feelings are likely the results of working in hospitals, doing basic care chores like bathing, cleaning, and housekeeping. Importantly, there is significant reporting of mental and physical health challenges. 62% and 49% respectively said COVID stress or worry had negatively affected their mental and physical health. These percentages were highest with younger workers and declined with age. Bit of a scare for healthcare administrators, 30% of frontline healthcare workers are thinking about leaving the profession. 80% are worried about or were worried about exposure to COVID, but relatively few, only 12% tested positive for COVID. A third said their institutions ran low on PPE and 56% reported working in institutions that experienced overcapacity. Large majorities felt their employers were doing enough to provide sick leave and access to vaccinations. At the same time, many felt or majority felt uh, institutions were falling short on providing additional pay for those working in hazardous conditions. Fortunately, and I do mean this, fortunately, 80% of respondents feel respected for their work. Uh, that's important. And the same percentage are reasonably optimistic about the U.S. having COVID under control. So they're with Julie on that. In terms of takeaways, I had a few. I was struck by how consistent the feelings of hope, optimism, motivation, burnout, anxiety, and anger were across work sites, those with direct patient care and those who had tested positive for COVID-19. So relatively uniform feelings across all those categories. And for me, the biggest and final takeaway was the very high levels of self-reported mental health challenges. We ignore those call-outs for help at our own collective peril. Got it, Dave. Thank you. Julie, do the uh, survey results jibe with other research you've seen? And what does all this research say about the long-term effects of COVID on the healthcare workforce? Yeah, unfortunately, the survey results sound all too consistent with reports and surveys coming out since last spring. And I know you've probably been following this, Dave, but the Guardian and Kaiser Health News launched Lost on the Front Line last April. And their first story was about the first known American ER doctor, Frank Gabrin, who was 60 on the front lines of the surge in New York and New Jersey. Do you remember when we used to use that word surge like every five minutes? It's kind of amazing. And like so many others, he didn't have proper PPE and he actually wore his own goggles as his face shield. So we've been humanizing the story now for over a year. And since then, according to the CDC, we've seen almost 500,000 cases, and they actually report about 1,500 deaths compared to Dave's 3,600. And this is actually interesting because a lot of hospitals and health systems have been accused of under-reporting COVID deaths, which we might all recall under the Trump administration. So there's still, you know, a lot of unknowns in the data and data integrity. But 
the reality is still there. You know, these frontline healthcare workers are stressed out and anxious. They're worried about exposing loved ones. They've become emotionally and physically exhausted. The burnout we talked about last week is real here for sure. They report work-related dread, change in appetite, headaches and stomach aches. I mean, real physical symptoms that are making a difference. And they're clearly not getting enough emotional support. And many who are parents are struggling with parenting, childcare, and just being really concerned about their children. One of my favorite facts actually is that 76% reported that they were worried about exposing their child to COVID-19, but only half were worried about exposing their spouse or partner, which gave me a little chuckle. And lastly, you know, Dave talked about mental health. Mount Sinai analyzed surveys from just over 3,300 frontline healthcare workers and found that 39% met the criteria for symptoms for COVID-related PTSD, MDD, which is major depressive disorder, or GAD, which is generalized anxiety disorder. So we're talking 40%. So that's major. And of course, you know, burnout is associated with higher risks of symptoms for PTSD, MDD, and GAD. And actually, interestingly, higher perceived support from hospital leadership was associated with the lowest risk of all outcomes. So you know, the long-term effects are real here for all the mental health concerns, and we need to begin addressing this now. And there's a lot that can be done, and certainly there's a lot that can be done preventatively. Got it. Thanks, Julie. Dave, anything to add to Julie's comments? Well, as Julie mentioned, Kaiser reports 3,600-plus healthcare workers had died from COVID. But if you read the survey results, you kind of come away with the idea that not that many 12% tested positive for COVID and only 4% of the overall survey had kind of a major case of COVID. So I'd hate to see anyone interpret these survey results as demonstrating the industry doesn't need to improve its safety protocols. It it clearly does, particularly in nursing homes where 25% of nursing home workers reported testing positive for COVID. Got it, Dave. Thank you. And now let's talk about some of the solutions to the uh, problems you guys have identified. Julie, if you ran a hospital or health system that was overrun with COVID patients, what would you be doing to heal your healthcare workforce? Well, first, I would absolutely channel Janice Nevin, CEO of Christiana. She's incredible. I interviewed her and articles coming out on her next week, actually, about this very topic. And all she learned and did uh, here and into this year, frankly, with COVID and all the other societal things that have gone on, the studies recommend that reducing burnout and augmenting support from hospital leadership are A number one. So that would be the top of the list. And I would start to interpret that in slightly different ways. You know, really looking at practicing just almost religious compassion and getting personal and enabling sharing about what people have been through, their loss, and just really focusing on letting people process and heal. I would listen a tremendous amount and listen in different pockets in different ways and really just be as present as possible, not just personally, but put forward the leadership of organizations in much more personal, different ways. We've also heard a lot around transparency, the transparency around COVID deaths being one of them, frontline healthcare workers not knowing when they would get PPE. So really finding a much more transparent way to report issues going on, be current with information, and turn the organization into a communications machine. 
And lastly, I'd really think about providing flexibility with all the parents in the workforce and those who have loved ones addressing telecommuting policies, schedule flexibility, and just whatever you can to really address the fact that people have lives with what's going on here. And of course, what's amazing is this week, Dave, I think as you pointed out, there was a coalition put together for 10 leading CEOs from systems like Cleveland Clinic, Providence, Intermountain, Henry Ford, Health Partners, and other important safety net providers like SF General came together to issue and implement, presumably, principles to ensure safety of healthcare workers. And I've talked about this before. This is led by Bridget Duffy of Ocera. And their three principles are safeguarding psychological and emotional safety, promoting health justice, and ensuring physical safety. And they're encouraging health system leaders throughout the country to join their coalition and to work together on really investing in the workforce. And Dave, I don't know about you, but I don't recall in the history of healthcare a coordinated effort like this to really focus on how healthcare workers are feeling and doing as a workforce. It's just unprecedented to me. Thanks, Julie. And thank you for giving our listeners a nice scoop on the CEO coalition stuff a few weeks ago. Dave, what do you see in terms of market-based solutions to helping the healthcare workforce recover from this public health emergency? First, religious compassion. Such a great observation, Julie. And I particularly like those principles from Bridget Duffy on safety, that they include psychological safety and health justice as well as physical safety. So at the top of the show, I mentioned uh, conversations with health system leaders using the term resilience with some frequency. Interestingly, burnout and anxiety were rampant within healthcare before COVID struck. So part of what we need to do is parse out as an industry, what are the systematic underlying conditions promoting burnout and anxiety, as well as the COVID specific issues. I would think it's the easiest fix is that number three physical safety issue in the Vocera principles getting PPE preparedness up to snuff and making sure that all the protocols are in place to to guarantee physical safety and then work from there. Broadly, there are significant opportunities to reduce frontline worker stress through better data and workflow tools. Uh, That gets to some of the systematic underlying issues. But for me, the biggest stress reducer would be to migrate away from fee-for-service billing and all the administrative backup it requires. That often is the biggest source of stress, and it really has very little to do with patient care and everything to do with billing. On the mental health front, since we're really stressing that today, there are numerous ways to assist, and I hope this coalition really pushes this topic hard. Everything from decompression rooms to offering on-site services, counseling services, virtual care services, meditation rooms, exercise and yoga opportunities, so on and so forth. They're all important. And as I mentioned in my response to the first half of the show, I, I think we ignore the mental health challenges collectively at our own peril. So we need to make it a lot easier for these great people on the front lines of healthcare to, to do their jobs, not only with respect, but as Julie mentioned, with compassion and hopefully with happiness. Let's not underestimate happiness either. 
Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I guess I never really thought of revenue cycle as a comorbid condition, right? <laughs> but, but I guess it is. That's a great topic for a future show. All right, Julie, anything to add to Dave's comments? I would just double down on the fact that the mental health issues are here and now, and the number of people Dave quoted as potentially leaving the workforce are significant. So leaders need to really be focusing on those issues to try to help address now and prevent. Got it. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, clearly we're going to need more than hugs and a few uh, free pizza nights. Now, as always on the Roundup, let's talk about next week. Julie, what's the big healthcare story next week? Well, there's been a lot of talk this week about patents related to the vaccines, and I've been impressed with uh, our position, that's for sure. And I suspect we're going to continue to hear some scuttlebutt headlines this week as the world grapples with its situation. Got it. Dave, what's the big story on your healthcare radar? The way the disease is spreading in India and Brazil and some of the other parts of the developing world is, is a major story. We tend to get self-focused in the U.S. I'm very focused on this, this patent issue. One company I've worked with, I won't mention the name, has gotten out in front of this and is taking their branded product and working with an Indian company to create a generic version so there isn't confusion between the branded name and the generic name. And the cost differential is, I think, an order of magnitude of 10 times. So, uh, you know, that's potentially one way out of this is to just call it something else and, and get the drugs where they need to be. That's great. Well, thanks, Dave. And thank you, Julie. That is all the time we have for today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. You also can find a recording of this podcast and all our podcasts on the Healthcare Now Radio Network, iTunes, Spotify, and other streaming services. Subscribe now and don't miss another segment of the best 20 minutes in healthcare. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.